All right, so uh, open up here. Let me take a look around. Okay. Ah. Uh... Ah. Uh, okay. Looks good. Good. Ooh. Um. Looks like you have a few cavities back here. Um. So, uh, can you hold hold on for a moment here? I need to. Ah. Ah. I think you broke it off. Um, yeah, it looks like, uh, well, I need to go back in here again. No, 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 no. Oh, 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 oh. All right, how does that feel? Not very good. Well, uh, is, is the pain gone at least? It's, uh, a sharp bolt of lightning in my cheek. Uh, well, um, well, here's a prescription for some, uh, like, really heavy pain meds. So, uh, just go ahead and take some of these, and, and oh, you might not want to work for a couple days. Okay. This is Control Structure, episode 106 for 420 2016. Big week to everyone listening. This show has notes. Visit thenexus.tv slash cs106 to see them. I'm your host, Stephen Orvis, and with me is the other host, Andrew Bailey. Hi, Andrew. You must hang around different drains than I do. Different drains? Yeah. It's, it's just this one thing that I think about, you know, for a couple days now. Because uh, for some reason, uh, I was like discussing drains with someone and they were asserting that uh like smells and uh like odors and stuff do not come up drains but i'm like properly engineered drains don't uh especially ones that have traps but apparently i must uh you know live around different drains than this other person does i have smelt drains that have smelt before uh, I do agree, though, that typically if you're running water through a faucet, most of the time you don't have that that issue. Even though in my old apartment, I used to have a really nasty smell, and I tried killing it with, like, all the drain clogs and movable stuff and all that, but it never really went away. But I didn't use it that much either, so maybe that was the problem. Hmm, maybe. So, if you uh, Google it, currently it's actually a bad problem. So, so yeah, drain smells are kind of bad. Um, I kind of learned... Well, learned, uh, experienced this firsthand uh, a couple weeks ago when my uh, bathroom drain was uh, kind of clogged, or at least the pipes. That's, that's a bad one to have clogged. Yeah. But um, this past weekend was uh, a lot more enjoyable. Uh, how about you? I, I, I had a pretty good weekend. Uh, I see that you rode on your bike some, and uh, I did too. I I was riding my bike uh, with my family there on Sunday afternoon. We went. They had this thing called Rails to Trails where they're taking railroads and converted them into bike trails. Yep. So I rode alongside the river that is somewhat nearish to my house, and I uh, down that. I think we did like eight miles. I think down and back. So yeah, it was a pretty fun time. Eight we, miles we round. Right. Eight miles yep. one one way or round R- trip. Round trip. Round trip. So, uh, let's see, I think at some point I may have mentioned that, uh, to fix my car and get it all up to inspection standards, that, uh, I would need to get my exhaust system pretty much redone, and, uh, like, Sears, apparently Sears does not weld anything, so, like, the best that they could do is replace the whole thing for 2,000 bucks, and I'm like, no. So I decided to uh, shop around, and I found a place that would do it for like seven fifty. Yeah. Um, so I was doing that last week. So I dropped it off uh, Monday evening, which around here last Monday evening uh, was like very rainy. So uh, I managed to walk about I don't know twenty minutes or so to the nearest T station through the rain and mud. And by the time I actually got back to my place, I was soaking wet. Um, so Tuesday evening, 
I decided to, you know, make do. Uh, like, it was a much nicer day uh, a week ago. So I, uh, you know, decided to, you know, go somewhere. And while I did so, my phone fell on the rocks and completely cracked the screen. Oh, no. Um, but uh, a little while later, I bought a bike. So uh, I rode, you know, that back home. And, uh, you know, it was Friday that uh, for some reason, uh, my work let off like an hour and a half early. Nice. So I'm like, well, I'm going to go downtown and ride around on the trails downtown. So uh, did that, got downtown, and uh, I only rode around for about 30 minutes before, you know, things got a little uncomfortable. Like with just traffic and rush hour and things? Uh, no, I actually, uh, like the way I get my bike back and forth is on the T because Apparently, you can just go down there and put your bike right on there. Mm-hmm. So that's that's how I got actually to and from downtown. Okay. So uh, you know, rode around for about thirty minutes, and then I decided that I needed to get some of those fancy pants that you see people on bicycles wear all the time. Oh, like those stretchy ones that like stick. Yeah, like the uh, spandex kind. Yes, that's the word I was. Groping, I couldn't find. So, you know, like I had been like sort of researching, you know, uh, bikes a little bit. I'm like, you know, these things seem to be pretty popular. There might be a reason to that. (laughs) So apparently they have uh, like pads like sewn in. Ah, okay. So like not only do they, you know, make you not as sore, if any, um, they're also designed to uh, keep their contents in place. Which could be good. Yes. So, uh, Saturday, I chilled out, uh, used my grill a little bit, and eventually bought some of these fancy pants. Uh, Sunday rolls around, uh, and I discover that uh, I realized that a pair of pants might change my life. Really? Yeah. So, uh... So both uh, Friday and Sunday, I rode like maybe six and a half miles or so. Okay. Uh, so I uh, let's see, s- yes, Sunday, and then I think uh, also Monday evening, uh, went down there again. Uh, so I discovered that you know not only do they keep things in place and everything, that apparently because they're so tight on the legs, mm-hmm. that uh, let's see. When you finished your ride, like, you just had normal shorts on, right? I actually was wearing my black dress, whatever pants that I always wear, every time you've ever seen me my whole life. Okay. Um, So, uh, like, when you got off the bike, did your legs feel like stone? Uh, They were definitely tired because the eight miles after not bike riding any for the past year was definitely difficult on them. Yeah. So pretty much every time that I can remember biking a significant way, like afterwards, my legs would feel like stone, like kind of stiff and everything. Mm -hmm. But because these bike pants like are really tight, that they must do something such that that never happens. Interesting. This is probably compressing muscle. Yeah. Yeah. And I had no idea that was what they were supposed to do. Interesting. So that, you know, caught me off by surprise, a very nice surprise. So I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm going to be doing this as much as I can. Bike riding's really fun. It's a good exercise. This is me running and all those. I've never really enjoyed them, but bike riding something I've done since when I was little and it's just always been fun. I've always enjoyed it. So uh, let's see the, uh, yeah. So on Friday, I went to Station Square and then I rode west a little bit. Uh, then, uh, Sunday, I rode to Station Square, went east, uh, went over Hot Metal Bridge, and continued going a little bit east to a parking lot, uh, turned around and came back. Uh, Monday, I went to, I think it was like the First Avenue T-Stop, so that was on the north side of the Mon instead of the south. 
Uh, so I rode along there back to that same parking lot, which kind of seemed like an aesthetically crappier uh, uh, part of the trail because it was like in the median of the parkway for a little bit. And the only thing that divided you from the traffic was a chain link fence. Oh, that's uh, nice. So like, I'm just like trying to enjoy everything when I'm just hearing. (laughs) 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 Those are pretty good sound effects. So, um, uh, and then yeah, went down to that parking lot, turned around, then went to station square. So like I, like, uh, went back a different way that I came. So, and it was, uh, the south side of the Mon, uh, is a little bit nicer because you're essentially going through woods. Um, and I'm not sure, uh, but, uh, like there was a tent set up alongside the trail. I'm not sure if it was like the same people there, uh, uh, Sunday and Monday, but like, it was like in the same spot and like there were people there both times. So like, this system of trails, you can go all the way to DC on them. Oh, that's pretty nice. So, like, for the people who are so inclined, you can, uh, like, actually make it, a, like, a camping trip. I've heard of people that will do this, that they'll just go and ride massive distances, but they train for quite a bit beforehand. Yeah. Uh, I am uh, not so, how should I say, inspired to do that. Uh, I just want to bike all the way up from the T station to my apartment without uh, stopping and walking the bike home or just like stopping for any kind of break. How far is that? Um, maybe a mile or so, Okay, but it's uphill. The uphill one. Like, okay, no- like, no- like noticeably uphill. Yeah. The hills are, hills are tough. Yeah. So uh, I managed to almost do it last night. Uh, I stopped once. But uh, I pretty much used low gears most of the way. Yeah. I bet you have it pretty soon then if you keep after it. Yeah. You almost made it up. How many speed bikes did you get? Uh, I think it's like a 3 by 7 So it would be a okay. 21. So 21, yeah. But that seems to be the most common one. I've yeah. wished for a few times, though, because I was on a railroad grade that was like very flat. Yeah. So I've wished quite a few times for more gears. Because it feels like it could go way, way faster if you just had more more speeds to choose from there. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I don't think it's much of a, you know, the number of gears. It's, like, more about the ratios. Yeah, the ratio. I guess what I was saying was bigger ratios than your typical. Yeah, uh, like, for instance, like, yeah, for instance, you know, like, for what I do, I pretty much keep it in the middle gear in the front, and then just change the ones in the back. And so. typically, that's kind of what I'll, I'll use the back one more too, because it's like if I'm on my bike, it's a pain to shift the front one because it jumps off the, off the gear. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, just use the back one. So, and then uh, uh, I called up my mom because, uh, you know, I've been telling her about this. And uh, at, she's mentioned to me that when she gets done writing, she describes her legs as feeling like jello. And I'm not sure what she's smoking, but to me, my legs would feel stiff. They don't feel like blubbery, like Jello. See, see, your description of stone wasn't quite where I would be at because for me, it is. It's just that there, the muscles are really worn, and so like supporting my weight, they have more trouble with it. So her description to me makes more sense because I got better. You know, I just sat for like you know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, and then I was, you know, normal again. I didn't really get stiff. So it must be different. People react different. So I'm going to tell you what I told her in that, you know, if you keep biking, you might want to look into some bicycle pants. Maybe. So apparently there is a stack exchange for, for biking. Bicycles. Yeah. Yes. I just discovered that. So... Okay. Kind of cool, actually. They have stock exchange for everything now. Pretty much. I think they just opened the uh, uh, the stack overflow for Russian. I think uh, pretty recently. But um, so anyway, uh, let's uh, go back to maybe more relevant material for this podcast, uh, like uh, PC gaming. Okay, well, maybe not exactly relevant, but um, 
you know, there's like all these closures and stuff going on uh, occasionally. So uh, I, I'm most familiar with uh, when this website was called Gamefront, uh, but Filefront Gamefront slash File Leech is closing. Uh, this website uh, hosts a variety of uh, PC game mods uh, for like almost every popular uh, game that uh, you can easily do mods for anyway, um, is uh, closing down because of like business reasons. So go and download your mods. Uh, so like I, I, uh, kind of had a habit of, uh, like whenever I would find a mod for a game, I would download it and keep it anyway. Like, even though I might, uh, uninstall the game, I would keep the, uh, mods around along yep. with the, uh, save games. So, uh, but even if you, uh, didn't do that and you find out that it's too late, it looks like the archive team, uh, has you covered, um, this is n- not exactly the Internet Archive, but like they host the files on the Internet Archive. I, I'd never heard of the Archive team before, so that was actually for me what I had focused in on. This uh, I read up on them, and it was it was kind of interesting what they're doing. Currently, they have like these, these I think they call them warriors, basically bots that people install on their uh, machines, and they slam their internet and download things and send them, as you said, up to the archive.org is one place that they seem to put things. They made an interesting point. This is the most interesting point I ever thought about before for archiving data. Archive.org, they said, has like 16 pentabytes of data, and nobody has a backup of it. Uh, let's see, I think that they were kind of looking into that, uh, but like, I don't think that there's a complete backup anywhere else. It, it, it seemed like they that's definitely a thing on the radar that they, they have that they're thinking about. But it was a great point because we see traditionally Archive.org has been super stable and this is going to be there forever to hold all the history of the internet and the different versions of websites. Cause it's been around for so long. But it's, it's true, though. If it went, there's so much history on the internet that would just be gone. I know uh, I did this once for researching some guns from some manufacturers that no longer made certain models and you can't find any information about those guns anyplace. But when I went to archive.org and went to the manufacturer's website from years gone by, I actually found information about the, the guns that are now gone. So there's so much history up there. Uh, it would be a shame to use, lose it someday. Yeah. So anyways, we're starting a server farm up uh, and buying lots of hard drives, I guess. <laughs> Essentially. Does it cloud fair offer unlimited hosting. <laughs> uh, I think that might be more of a corporate sponsor- sponsorship thing, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> they might get on your case about, I don't know, storing how many petabytes? I think it was 16. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> um, You guys might want to consider a different hosting plan. <laughs> yeah, it seems that we are not uh, acceptable for your needs. Yeah, We could... Probably use your internet for the uploading part of it, since mine would be way too slow. But yours probably would still take more than a few lifetimes to go up. Maybe even more than a few lifetimes. For this episode's LOL Apple. <laughs> you know how hard it is uh, for Apple to uh, care about what you bought from them five years ago? I actually do not know a bit, Andrew. I don't like Apple. <laughs> well, uh, let's see. In the limited experience that I've had, you know, they're kind of like, uh, I don't know... Uh, some game companies and how that they can't be bothered about the game that they released like two years ago. Like, I don't know, like Madden 2016, you know, it has been out for a while. I don't think they really care about Madden 2012. Kind of like one of those companies that shut down game servers and things like that. Exactly. They're trying to play them. Yep. Yep. I know what you mean. 
So, uh, let's see, I forget how long ago it was. I think it might have been like 2004 that uh, the neighbors that we had at the time got a hold of, I don't know, like a Mac from about 10 years prior, maybe. And, like, I couldn't even find anything about this. Uh, uh, not, notwithstanding that we still had dial-up at the time. But, uh, like, everything that I could find is, okay, go down to the control, do the control strip and do this and that. I'm like, um, this thing is so broken it doesn't have a control strip on it. Um, but, uh, yeah, Apple isn't exactly that good about supporting old stuff. And, uh, at least for environmental purposes, that Apple expects you to have your iOS things for about three years, and Macs for about four years. Uh, so granted, this is for environmental purposes, uh, and not support, but this is pretty much their, uh, revelation of planned obsolescence. That's, uh, how often they find you on paying them more money. Yeah. Well, the interesting thing about that when I was kind of reading that... Uh, I had a roommate back in college. She had some sort of a Mac laptop, and I think he had it for a significant amount of time. And that's one of the things people would tell about Macs is, you know, how they're more stable than Windows and the better and everything. And, you know, Windows is your reinstall every so often deal. For some reason, in my mind, I actually would have expected them to have a longer life. So it was interesting. So at least uh, up to Vista, that was the case. Uh, but I noticed that even as bad as Windows Vista was, like, you could keep it on a machine and it would be stable. You know, it like can it, be stable, it, but it does need, it feels like it needs refreshed. Like, my Windows 7 instance now is starting to get kind of slow. And now it could, I do partially blame the new Windows 10 thing. I kind of am highly <laughs> suspicious of them. I think they made it my Windows 7 machine slower on purpose to make me upgrade, just saying. So... Uh, that that is definitely one thing I w- want to do uh, pretty soon. Um, oh, I I think I'll drag it out and do it like <laughs> at the last minute. I want to see what what error messages and what boxes and what will they use to entice me to upgrade. Uh, well, one of the things is the Linux subsystem for Windows. Uh, or did I get that wrong? Uh, so. It's the uh, like the whole bash on Windows thing that we were talking about last time. Yes, I, I do remember talking about that. And you actually are right. That might actually entice me to upgrade. Maybe. <laughs> uh, see, the new Windows subsystem for Linux. Whereas somehow in the dock I had Linux subsystem for Linux. <laughs> you can do that. Uh, what's it called? The new... A virtual the new machine? Way. No, I was thinking about the command where you can go into another another system and mount it as the current system. I forget the command. I've used it before to reset passwords and stuff. Uh, I totally forget the command name. But anyways, there is a cool command. You could uh, jump in another file system. So they said, uh, you know, at build 2016, Microsoft announced the ability to run native bash and command line tools directly on Windows. Uh, We've been amazed by the overwhelming outpouring of interest about this new feature over the past week. One of the most frequent questions were asked is, when can I get my hands on this? Uh, we've held off in giving a date until now, and uh, you pretty much have to enable developer mode on uh, Windows 10, and then go into the Windows features and uh, check the box next to the Windows subsystem for Linux beta. As soon as I saw that, it made me feel like Windows 10 is a phone. Like, seriously, developer mode? That's for phones. Anyway, <laughs> so but um, yeah, that it it sounds like a neat idea. It sounds like they're very experimental. Like the article I mentioned, like the they didn't had didn't hadn't implemented sudo yet. And depending upon whether you ran it as administrator or as your normal user, you would would actually have rights to other things in the file system. But uh, it's it's definitely interesting. One I was the, just thinking, one of the things like, that uh, uh, someone has noticed is that. Like, all the Linux processes, they don't show up in the, uh, whatchamacallit, the program manager. So yes. you can't exactly tell what's using your CPU if you are you have, a uh, like, an infinite loop or something. Yep. So I wonder, how do they account for that in the process manager? Do they just have a chunk set aside someplace, or do they... Or, 
or maybe you know break apart you know actually list the individual linux processes yeah but then again this is a beta yeah it, it's fair since this beta uh, i wonder if uh, you could get into things such as hosting uh things on windows with linux to say like running a web server or a database and hosting it within the Linux environment. I wonder if that's a feasible thing. I think it's somewhere they mentioned that they would not support that for, you know, like production uh, environments, Mm -hmm. Uh, but for like development, definitely. That Uh, could be super cool to have. But uh, if you are, if you want to have a Linux machine, uh, or rather, if you want to have a Windows machine and just have it run Linux, why isn't that machine just running Linux to begin with? Because with Windows, you're paying for the license fees. True. I, I think for me, something like that, I would find it super useful. Like, say at work, we all have to use Windows, and we all have to have Visual Studio and all that. But then there's all these other cool things I do on the side that help me work uh, that would be much easier with Linux. Like, I managed the internal wiki for a site, so I'm always... You know, doing stuff with SSH and things, it would be nice to have that native. And then uh, just thinking from a service perspective, things such as Vagrant for hosting your VMs. Vagrant seems to kind of be uh, more of a, it's easier to just run it from Linux type of thing. I'm still playing with it and learning how it works, but it just feels like there's a lot more I could do if uh, Linux was had that native ability there and you could run things. Exactly. Um... But uh, one thing that is actually out of beta now is Let's Encrypt. So Let's Encrypt is uh, has almost 1.7 million certificates. Uh, well, actually, more than that now uh, for 3.8 million websites. Uh, so uh, I believe at some point we noticed that Let's Encrypt had about 15% of the market. I remember um, they were getting up there. The kind of interesting thing that surprised me is Google has uh, conditioned me not to expect products to leave beta, so I was really surprised that they left beta. Yeah, um, you know, like how how many years was Gmail in beta? At least five or something? It was in beta for a very long time, and I got Gmail back when it was by invitation only, Yeah, and it was in beta for like so long. Yeah. You know, and we all just uh, you know sat there and watched the uh, you know number of gigabytes just slowly oh, tick up. That was so fun because back then that was when you hardly had any space from any of the other email places. So it was so cool when someone would actually give you like a whole gigabyte for email. I mean, like, are you ever gonna use up more than a gigabyte for email? I mean, seriously. Now I have like six or seven gigabytes worth. But anyways. So, yeah, and, like, we just sit there and watch, like, the millionths of uh, gigabyte just tick up. Yeah, that was fun. Of course, I always thought, I never really paid attention to what what pers- what uh, unit they were incrementing, but I felt like over time they started incrementing it slower. Yeah, they, they did, and then they're finally like, okay, we're doubling you to, like, four gigs now or something. Yeah, and then they just kind of quit the counter. Yeah, so... Which uh, was kind of cool, but then but then you knew that Google didn't want to support something anymore when they took it out of beta. So <laughs> like af- you know after it comes out of beta, like a month later, they'd probably it kill dies. it. Dies. Yeah. True. Goodbye, Gmail. Goodbye. Hello, inbox. I hate inboxing the desktop. It's great on the phone, but terrible on the desktop. Speaking of, speaking about uh, killing things. Uh, Intel is restructuring slash laying off 12,000 people. So how is uh, laying off people killing? Well, killing jobs. Okay. I I just had to pull that one there. It's kind of a stretch, but okay, well. Yeah, okay. But yeah, yeah, you're killing the jobs, gotcha. Uh, So this was interesting. It seems like they're... Yeah, this is late. This is late breaking news. Yes. It it seems like they're re- pointing the company we were talking about this on the fringe so it's, they're shifting away from the cpu you're saying and well at least uh like from conventional consumer grade pc uh cpus and they're going into data center internet of things 
memory and connectivity uh, areas, as well as client segments like two-on-ones, gaming, and home gateways. I wasn't sure how much how much to believe that they just needed different expertise and talent, and how much do you think that they just plain were having income problems and needed to cut costs? Um, that, but uh, like I, I can also imagine them, you know, just cutting off a few things that uh, like weren't exactly doing too well. You know, it's good for a company to expand, but sometimes it just doesn't work out, and they might just be cleaning house in one swoop, like how which, Google does uh, spring cleaning. Which is true. It, it does make sense to uh, get rid of things that are costing you money, I suppose. Um, it's a lot of jobs. I guess it said it was like 11% of their company, basically, that they're, they're axing there. Yeah, which seems like a lot. Mm-hmm. Um so, uh, in other news, they are searching for a new chief financial officer because their old one got transferred, apparently. Transferred? Yeah. Uh, to, apparently, sales, manufacturing, and operations. Mm, interesting. Um, but uh, they might be... Re- they should be, probably, uh, refocusing uh, on their solid-state technology, their 3D X-point, uh, pronounced cross-point. Why don't they just call it cross point then instead of using this fancy X point? That would make it so much easier to remember because it, it looks like X point. Then someone has to explain to you, no, it's not X point. Which uh, is what I'm going to call it. You know, it's X point. It's going to be X point. So Sounds- they did a demonstration of their 3D X point technology last week. A uh, solid state drive based on this reached... Uh, uh, two gigabytes per second in transferring a 25 gigabyte file. You know, in the article they had mentioned uh, that the comparison they did with was maybe a little bit slanted. And they seem to think that like, some existing SSDs could be comparable. I think the number they throw out threw out may have been 1.9 gigabytes per second. Yeah. So it sounds like, uh, at least according to the article, that it's good, but it's not quite as earth shattering as they want you to believe it. Be, but it's still that's pretty fast that what a couple of seconds for 25 gigabytes they said yeah so yeah, that's uh let's see two gigabytes per second that's uh like 20 megabits or so or 20 gigabits sorry it's pretty so, fast yeah remember a long time ago this is probably well over a year maybe more we did some article uh and the guy was describing like access speeds and in relative to the distances between planets yeah. and showing how far away your hard drive is from your processor to produce, say, your RAM or something. It would be kind of interesting uh, to find something similar with the solid states like this or that fast and see how that compares with that analogy way back when. Uh, I think I remember Scott Hanselman doing something like that. Or maybe it was uh, his one friend uh, coding horror uh, Jeff Atwood. Uh, but yeah, I do remember seeing like some planetary uh, comparison, at least as far as lag is concerned. Uh, so on April 11th, the Google Compute Engine uh, went down entirely in all regions around the world for 18 minutes. So that Compute Engine, it seemed like it was more so business apps, perhaps, if I understood what they're saying right. Yeah, if uh, are you familiar with uh, Amazon S3? That would be their or, cloud hosting. Or uh, AWS, sorry. Their web is, services? Is that where they have a like, cloud hosting for, like, your web services, websites, whatnot, if you want yeah. to be like a web app type of thing? Yeah. So, so that's a pretty big deal to have your, I mean, depending upon what it is that you're running, it could be a pretty big deal to have that go offline. Uh-huh. Even for eight minutes. It was interesting how they laid it out. Uh, they explained how the different pieces of their system work, and then they said that there's two different bugs they've found. It's like the one, the redundancy bug, it's like when their, their canary check fails, it's supposed to send back the response that is broken, but then it didn't send the response. It's like, did you guys check that system, or did you just go to it? Uh, I'm trying to search for that one article. Uh, anyways, I guess, uh, 
uh, it'll be there in in uh, post, I guess. Um, so uh, I guess that you would know more about this than I would. Uh, but uh, the latest in the series of articles about the guy who was probably behind uh, True Crypt. Uh, there's another installment in that series, and uh, this is the uh, part where it goes into how he became a drug lord and had uh, people taken out. Yeah, it was seemed like he was kind of getting the habit, and a few people around him were starting to kind of fear for their lives, and I think that's a bit of what turned people against him and kind of made him come to light, and a lot of people catch him was partly that, and then we certainly use people's names without the permission to start companies and things. And ironically, it was to hide his name, but the effect it kind of came up being was uh, it led those people to hate him and uh, start turning him in. So they, they finally caught him, and then, but his whole network didn't know that he was caught. So they actually had him pose as if he was still on the loose in Brazil and like, can t- carry on his contacts while they nabbed everyone. Uh, so they could bring everyone to justice. So he was cooperating with them. And uh, one of his things is he had an email server that he wrote uh, and maintained and stuff. And But it deleted emails like after such and such a time period. Uh, so they needed to save the emails and not have them deleted. And so apparently the DEA was having trouble fixing it up. And so he's like, <laughs> so he set it up. There's a quote uh, from the, he says, uh, later at a court he- hearing in Minneapolis, Roche was asked whether he had consented to the DEA monitoring his email after his arrest. Yes, he said, leading into the microphone with a slight air of condescendence. I set it up. <laughs> okay. So I thought that was pretty funny. It sounds like he, I guess he, on the, the trip to the airport after they arrested him, he decided, he's like, I'm going to make it as hard as I can for you guys to take me in. So he just like basically collapsed it, sound like, and let himself be drugged in like a bag of potatoes. And I guess on the way there, He's like, I decided I'm going to help you out in any ways I can and do everything I can to help you guys. And soon they got him in. He did like a confession, confession to one of the drugs and uh, uh, dealing with them. And I guess that confession somehow made it so that anything else he confesses to won't be stuck against him. So like his murders and stuff. Yeah, I guess as soon as he confessed that one and got legally free, he confessed to murders and things like that. And was very cooperative about other things. So looks to me like he's trying to get off as easy as he can. So, let's see, this is something I've never thought about before. So, you know how, at, well, at least for myself, and I'm kind of against the whole Internet of Things movement. So, like, a lot of these Internet of Things, like, they're, they kind of specialize in, like, adapting to your habits. Uh, it's true, like, the thermostats that see when you're in the room and then they figure that out and uh, they turn the heat up for you just in time. Yeah, so what happens when you move into an apartment or spend a night in like an Airbnb place uh, with things that to you are out of control? Uh, So like how do you reset things? Like do they have that kind of reset feature? Uh, Does the landlord have access to your data? Uh, Should the landlord have access to the data? You know, like these... Uh, I'll just say, you know, like these machines are trying to impose someone else's preferences into your life. And it should be as if they've uh, they've learned something else, or if something's voice recognition, it could be totally messed up for you. Yeah. So, and then furthermore, you know, a lot of these companies will go out of business, and what will you do then? I, th- I think kind of the bigger issue here would be privacy. So, like, say your point about the landlord having access to data, I think that's probably the bigger issue that could possibly be kind of be coming out of this. Like, if your your air conditioning is turning on at the wrong time, typically things have like some sort of a manual process to set them or something. So, and then uh, you know, hardly anyone would uh, keep track of what kind of models of these devices are installed. Um, and like what kind of uh, firmware uh, they have on them. So if like there's an update and like how would you do that? That's true because if it's not necessarily yours, you might not have access to it. There's kind of a lot of problems with it, which is, I don't know, I think the Internet of Things is happening and will happen, but I, I think it's going to still be, 
have a certain scope of usefulness. Because these things are expensive too. If you're a landlord, you're probably not going to install these things unless you're trying to attract people with lots of money. So uh, let's go into some appreciate and deprecate. So I would like to appreciate plain text offenders. I discovered them the other day when uh, I was did my order for from LMC Truck, which sells a car parts and stuff for trucks. And uh, I couldn't remember my passwords. So I'm like, ah, you sent my password. No big deal. And so they sent me an email. And guess what was in that email? Your password. And guess what that tells you about their database and how they store my password. They actually store your password. They do actually store my password and not uh, some sort of a hash of my password, unfortunately. So uh, I googled, I forget what I googled, I googled something about plaintext passwords and reporting people or something like that. So they came up, so I was like, ah, that's perfect. So I went ahead and did a screenshot of the email and of course I busticated any private information in it. And, uh, posted it and per their suggestion notified the uh seller that uh i've submitted them and so you probably should do something about it now uh so they i got back a nice email from them they said that we're passing into our it department so hopefully uh something comes about of it and it's not just simply uh lost in the traffic of time because they're a big company and it's a uh, kind of a big deal i think yeah pretty much I've seen it here and there a few different places, companies, doing this. so this really is a is a good idea to stop people. So, um, yeah, unfortunately, we don't have any kind of uh, podcast feedback this time. Uh, so if you'd like to do that, go ahead and do that on uh, the Nexus.tv, especially if you're looking at the podcast notes. And don't forget that today is International Backup Awareness Day, so back up all your stuff, especially all the stuff on your old computer. So if you recall, I wanted to get a uh, solid state drive thing going for uh, 20th century. Yes, I do remember that. So I eventually got that little adapter and it came in uh, with the uh, memory card. Uh, So I popped that in there and no matter what I did, it would absolutely refuse to boot and detect this thing. So I'm like, okay this sucks. So I decided to order an 80 gigabyte hard drive, uh, minding the 137 gigabyte limit that uh, is imposed by, I think it was like 32 bit addressing. Uh, Oh, it's been such a long time. I remember that. I remember that. So I, you know, get a hard drive that is specifically under that limit uh, only to get it, plug it in, and have my computer freeze upon detection of, like, the size of the drive. Um, So, uh, apparently, I could flip around the jumpers to make it uh, start up with 32 gigabytes of space. So, I'm thinking that there's probably a 32 gigabyte limit, uh, which this uh, hard drive is uh, 80 gigabytes, and this flash drive is 64 gigabytes. So that might explain why this flash card was not uh, being detected. So I'm like, ugh. Uh, and I decided that, okay, well, maybe it's just a problem with the IDE controller on this particular board. Uh, so I uh, went online and uh, got a cheap used uh, IDE controller that's in a expansion slot. Uh, so I will. I am awaiting that, and we'll try again uh, with uh, that and see if that works. Yeah, lots of fun playing with old technology, and uh, interesting seeing how, in some ways, primitive it was. And it's just thinking about large storage spaces and how can you, how can you make do with like something small like that? It's interesting. Well, and just like the, I I remember playing around with drives even like actually back in the day and like how finicky that they were even back then. So, um, yeah, the whole idea of serial ATA is a miracle. Like pretty much everything I've used with serial ATA is 
beautiful. I plug it in. It works. The cables are tiny. You know, like everything else that IDE was not. They, they do work well. I remember playing with the whole Master Slave thing. Oh. How, much, how much of a joy that is. Oh, yeah. Those are the days. Yeah. When yeah. your Master Boot Record is like on the wrong one or something. <laughs> something like that. So, yeah. You know, one drive per cable. You know, it's it's a much better architecture. So, yes, I appreciate Serial ATA. There you go. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, let's see. I plan on riding my bicycle around some more yeah, as well. Nice. Um, along with my uh, pants. Along with your pants. Okay. Yeah. So, well, they're not, they're not exactly pants because they have... Uh, I think they're actually technically called bib shorts. So bib they shorts. so they have like Oh yeah, cuz it come up just below you, above your knee there. Well, well, yeah, they go above my knee and then there's straps that go around my shoulders. So like there's no waistband whatsoever. Okay. So uh which is amazing because like there's no waistband digging in or anything and you know you just put it on a shirt over that. So uh let's see. Then uh Aside from that, I think that might be it. So, yes, this is a Chris-free week. Chris-free week? Yeah, so not only is he not here on this podcast, he is apparently going away uh, for for a while, I think, over the weekend. Uh, So, like, he's not going to be around for a little bit. So, um, yeah, I can can deal with not having Chris around. That's that's great. So, um, and, uh, just for reference, I did, uh, listen to that first fringe that, uh, he was on when I, uh, uh, was accusing him of lying down in my couch of drugs. If you, if you remember that show. You know, maybe you should warn people about that before inviting them into your apartment. Hi everyone, watch the computer, the speakers are on the ground. Oh, and if you lie down on the couch, you're gonna be high! I remember something about the couch of drugs, but I don't exactly remember. I do remember interesting... Was that the one with the lamb and everything? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. But, uh, uh, anyways, um, yeah, so how about you? Uh, well... I went to try to get my truck inspected here this week, so... Uh, oh, you too. Turns out... Yeah, yep, me too. I, I checked, like, everything on it. And lights, and, like, uh, the, the ball, ball joint wasn't bad in or anything like that. But I forgot to look at the back tires to see if they were uh, still had enough tread on them, so apparently they didn't. Uh-oh. So then I thought, yeah, so then I thought, oh, Dad... Because my dad used to the truck, so he might still have some tires laying around. He did. They're all old and weather cracks. I'm like, oh, okay. So I have to find tires now. So yeah, got to uh, hunt tires. I'll probably end up just buying them from the place that inspected it and uh, get tires put on from them and uh, go from there because I don't think I have too many other options at this point in time. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, let's see. I've bought two sets of tires from Sears, which is uh, pretty nice because they'll offer you uh, like free lifetime rotations. That's handy because then you can just take it in and they work it in. Yeah, so like I go to the mall, you know, say, hey, oil change, tire rotation, and then like hang out in the mall for a little bit. Mm-hmm. So probably a good deal for them because you said oil changes. Probably what most people do is they're stacking other things on top of it anyway. So it's probably not many people do they just have rotating it. Yeah, and uh, you know, it's probably going to be lifted up anyway. So. Yeah, so it's not too hard to change oil, so they did probably pretty easy job for them. So you know, while the oil is draining out, the same person could you know go around. You did the sun pretty good. I know, right? Yeah. So even did the, the uh, doctor girl sound pretty good too. It sounded so real. It's just like a real one. Yeah, it's almost like I actually had a drill here. It did. It sounded just like you had a drill there. She's so good at this sound. So, uh, uh, and with that, yes, I did, uh, go through on my threat to buy a Dremel. Uh, so, uh, I 
bought a Dremel to punch a hole in a like a laptop tray uh, that was like made out of solid steel or like at least the sheet steel uh, on the top of it and uh, you know I took it outside and uh, you know figured out how to replace the head on this thing and uh, once I did you know I pretty much got to work and sparks were a flying and uh, you know I made sure to get out the other little grinding wheels to uh, you know smooth it out so like if you're running your finger open over it it would you know split you yeah at least open your finger anyway so it's smooth sufficiently smooth that it will not do that very nice and it will also pass through a usb cable uh so i can you know put a usb hub underneath of there and uh connect it up top through that little hole so um yeah that's working out as well as I would have hoped. Uh, maybe I should not have uh, put it so far over, but other than that, you know, can't really complain too much. So, so I guess with that, uh, that'll be it for this show. So have a good one. You too. <laughs>